And as we keep the passage open, let's pray. (coughs) Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us now. We pray that we would see your glory and give you praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The bing-bong announcement comes over the loudspeaker in the shopping centre. Could the parents of little Jimmy Jones please make their way to the security desk? Wee Jimmy has wandered off. He's got separated from his mum and dad and is now in floods of tears. Or, uh, as a friend of mine, it happened one time, they went into the toilet and all their family promptly disappeared around the corner and hid on them, only for the child to come out and discover and think that they'd been abandoned. Uh, I think they're still in counselling years later. But the pain of separation might be particularly acute Uh, as a young child but anyone can know that sense of separation that feeling of being uh, cut off that, that loneliness perhaps you've had it uh, in that day or that week uh, or perhaps longer when you're lying in bed sick and everyone else has gone out to work Perhaps you've experienced it at the empty nest syndrome uh, whenever the children grow up uh, and leave home. Or perhaps that's still to come for you. Back in Genesis chapter 2, when God had made Adam, God said that it is not good for the man to be alone. We were made As social beings, we were made for interaction and for partnership, reflecting the God who is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And yet here, in the opening part of today's reading, Paul is experiencing that sense of separation. And it's on page 201, if you've closed your Bible. You see, Paul had spent just three weeks in the city of Thessalonica as he preached the gospel and planted the church before he was driven out of town by the Jewish opposition. Having moved on to Berea and then Athens and finally Corinth, he was worried about those new Christians he had left behind. Over the past few weeks, you might remember uh, that we've seen how he became so attached to the Thessalonians. Being uh, in uh, chapter 2, verse 7, uh, like a nursing mother to them. Or in verse 11, uh, like a father to them. Well, look at verse 17, the opening verse in our passage. He speaks of the separation in these words. 
As for us, brothers and sisters, when for a short time we were made orphans by being separated from you, in person, not in heart, we longed with great eagerness to see you face to face. The pain of being separated from his fellow Christians is like losing both parents, being orphaned. And Paul is showing us that it's not good for us to be alone, especially in our Christian walk. To be cut off from fellow believers is a painful reality. It's something that the housebound mention regularly. They wish that they could be here to, to join with us, if only they were able to. They echo at these words of Paul in verses 17 and 18. We longed with great eagerness to see you face to face. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, wanted to again and again. Yet even with his desire, even with that longing to be with these Christians. He finds his way blocked. Satan has blocked him from returning to Thessalonica. I wonder have we felt this pain of separation from other Christians. Perhaps it comes on a Sunday when we don't make it to church. And it just doesn't feel like a Sunday at all. Not being here. Or an extended period of illness when we weren't able to be with other believers. Or perhaps we miss the singing and voice of someone who was always beside us or behind us. Perhaps we can gain a greater understanding for those who wish that they were here. But they now feel cut off, lonely and separated. It got so bad for Paul, separated from the Thessalonians, that he could bear it no longer. He thought that it was better to be without Timothy for a while, so that he could send Timothy to be with them. You see, Paul recognised the spiritual dangers of separation. We see them at the start of chapter 3. Verse 3, at the top of the page. That shows that they could have been shaken by these persecutions. You see, these were new Christians. They were facing opposition. And on top of that, they were separated from the only other Christians that they knew. I was trying to think of a picture of their position. And I came up with the three little pigs. You know, the... the, the the childhood story of the three pigs in their three houses. And the first one, I hope I've got this right, the first one is a house of straw. Isn't that right? And the second one is a house of sticks. Is that right? Yes. That's good. And the big bad wolf comes and what happens? Their house isn't just shaken. Their house actually 
collapses. You see, Paul had promised that persecution would come. They knew it was on the horizon. But when it actually comes, well, it's another thing to experience it. They had watched as the persecution had driven Paul out of town. And now they were facing the same opposition themselves. Would their house be blown down? Would they be shaken in their faith? So Timothy was sent from Athens. Verse 2. We sent Timothy, our brother and co-worker for God in proclaiming the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you for the sake of your faith, so that no one would be shaken by these persecutions. Paul knew the danger, and so he sent Timothy to encourage and strengthen them. But he also was sent, verse 5, to find out about their faith. To hear if they were still going for God. You see, Paul's great fear was that all his labour, all his hard work in Thessalonica had just been a waste of time. The end of verse 5 Uh, gets it so well I was afraid that somehow the tempter had tempted you and that our labour had been in vain so Timothy leaves and Paul waits and that question keeps coming back to his mind was it all in vain as we wait for the answer Let's consider who, uh, like Timothy, we can go to, to bring strength and encouragement. Is there a neighbour that we could look in on, share a wee something from the sermon with, or read the Bible with, or just keep informed about what's going on? The wait was finally over, verse 6. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love. As soon as Timothy returns, as soon as Timothy brings that good news, Paul sits down and writes this letter to say, yes, it's great to hear that you're still going for God. And here's another letter to encourage you. The report is good. Their faith and their love are continuing. As well as that, they also long to see Paul and the others again. They're continuing to believe, even in those difficult circumstances, through the pain of separation, because they found strength in the partnership demonstrated by Timothy. So whenever Timothy comes back, his return and the good news sparks a a firework display of thankfulness and praise with mutual encouragement and strength and joy. You see, Paul had sent Timothy to encourage the Thessalonians. 
But Paul was also being encouraged in his distress and his persecution. You see, the strength of partnership blesses both parties. It benefits everyone. That's certainly something that I find that when you think you're there to bless someone else, actually, uh, I'm probably blessed as much, if not more. As you see someone's faith grow, as you hear them pray. Paul puts it this way in verse 8. For we now live if you continue to stand firm in the Lord. You see, sometimes we think that the Christian life is just about me and Jesus. And that's it. Just that personal relationship, me and Jesus. But Paul says here that partnership is so important. That fellowship, that um, encouraging one another um, is so important. We now live if you continue to stand firm in the Lord. We, We stand together. So what are the encouragements that we have found from being with and standing with other Christians? A cup of tea after church is a great way of getting to know one another, but sometimes could we take it a little bit deeper? To talk about faith as well as the weather or football or whatever it is that you talk about. Ask Someone to pray for you. And watch as God answers those prayers. Or perhaps you've had an answer to prayer. Perhaps you've been particularly blessed this week. Share that encouragement with someone else. Because it will encourage them in their prayers as well. Paul is seeking to overcome that pain of separation. And so he tells them that he prays night and day at most earnestly, verse 10, that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. But then in the closing verses of chapter 3, he tells them what it is he prays. And this prayer, these three verses sum up the whole letter. It's a bit like a signpost whenever you come to the main road and you see a sign saying Enniskill in one way and the other way leads to Belfast. Well imagine that you're on the road from Enniskill into Belfast and you keep passing these signs on either side of the road saying you've come from Enniskill you're heading to Belfast. The signs show you where you've come from but also where you're going to. The first two bits in this prayer round up what we've seen so far. And then the last sentence shows us where we're going in the rest of the letter. So first, where we've been. Verses 11 and 12. This is what we've seen so far. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. 
And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. If Satan has blocked Paul's way, verse 18, then Paul asks that the Father and the Son would remove those roadblocks. That he would be able uh, to see them again. This prayer comes out of today's passage. That he's feeling that pain of separation and so he wants to be with them again. But more than that, he prays that their love will be like his love. You can't doubt Paul's love for these Christians. His nursing mother, father-like, orphaned love for them. He prays that they too will love like this for one another and for all. We've already seen these things in the letter. But the last part of the prayer points us forward. Here's what we're coming to. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness. That you may be blameless before our God and Father. At the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. The Christian life can often bring these periods of separation. We're isolated for various reasons, but the partnership of the church gives us strength for the road. Paul lifts our eyes from the here and now and points us forward to the end. You see, one day we won't be on our own. One day we won't be cut off from other believers. One day we'll know the fullness of joy. When Jesus comes with who? With all his saints. We will be with Jesus together. We will be with all God's holy people. And so between that, between this day and that, Paul prays that we will be strengthened in holiness to be one of God's holy people. Now that sounds very churchy. But as we'll see in the coming weeks, it's very practical. It's very down to earth about living in purity, about um, sex and sexuality. About living in hope. About living in everyday life. The pain of separation may be real. With all of its spiritual dangers. But God has given us the strength of partnership. To be with one another. To encourage one another. To build one another up. And also as we pray for one another. So let's do that now. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have called us to be uh, your church. Thank you that we can encourage and support and strengthen one another. We pray that you would help us to do so more and more. To play our part in this church fellowship. As we encourage one another towards that day. When we will be gathered with you. And be blameless. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.